Hey everybody. This is House of Hope podcast series, presented by Gotham and House of Hope. Today's topic is, Amazing Grace in the Christian Life. Our speaker today is, Keod Omanian. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Welcome your neighbor once again to those watching online and to those watching and hearing us on sites. Welcome one another even to the presence of the Lord, believing that we will hear what the Lord will speak to us. So we've been gleaning for the past couple of weeks from the book of our dear daddy, our general overseer, Daddy Abina, in the book Amazing Grace. This is chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chapter 3, Amazing Grace and Christian Life. Now in chapter 1, we went through Amazing Grace in Creation and Fall. Um, in chapter 2, we went through Amazing Grace with the saving or saving grace as well. And chapter 3 is Amazing Grace and the Christian Life. It is important to know that all these things are not disjointed lessons. They are precepts upon precepts. In chapter one, we saw the working of God the Father, if we go into the Trinity. In chapter two, we saw the working of the Son and how it did the redemptive work, the work of reconciliation that you and I are here doing by His grace. Now in chapter 3, it is now having the Father giving us grace at the beginning and the Son coming to restore it back to us. How can we this day walk in the knowledge of that grace? They are not disjointed. It is building precepts upon precepts until we come to a finished product. And what is that finished product? A perfect man living in grace. Hallelujah. 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 So we saw through the lessons, one and two, how God did his work. Now, only this time in Christian life, how do we walk this Christian journey? Only this time we have to intentionally, intentionally, Commit to what I call grace aids in our journey to living a successful Christian life. Grace aids. In chapter 1 again, there was no need for much. Everything was available. Grace was readily available to man. In chapter 2, we lost it. But the redemptive work took over. Nine chapter three doesn't come automatic anymore, unfortunately, and we will see why. We need to rely on some grace hates to make this work easier. Titus 2, 11 through 13, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, the grace that brings salvation. What does he do? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, we should live righteously and godly in the present age. Grace that appeared, teaching, constantly teaching, not as taught us when we believed. Constantly teaching, 
if we ask the men of God sitting here, I know they will be the first to tell us that they are daily learning and gleaning from the word of God. Why should it not be a Sunday, Sunday thing? <laughs> because per minute, we are being bombarded by works of flesh. So how will Sunday, Sunday medicine do it? I like the way pastor said it a while ago. When you daily learn from the word of God, it is like taking a pump and flushing your system daily, every single day, being revived, being flushed by the system and by the word of God. So salvation, what it does is the grace brings salvation. And what does this salvation do? We have a teacher living inside of us. This teacher has to be constantly, constantly visited, constantly gone to, constantly dwelt with so that we can daily learn. It is a daily learning, daily being sober, daily living righteously, daily living godly in this present age. It is grace, God, that brought salvation. You and I did not work to earn our salvation. So daddy wrote here, salvation is grace plus nothing. Salvation is grace plus nothing. If I am not adding anything to it then, or bringing anything to the table to complete the work of my salvation, then I need aids to guide and to lead me aright in this journey. I think it was Pastor Odigi, um, and he has shared this testimony a few times in our convention when he said he was, he was asking God for power, 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 and he got to the point when God visited him and he said he looked at himself like, and he said he was weeping like, I didn't even bring anything to the table. The faith that I have to have faith in you, you have to give it to me. Brethren, we are not bringing anything to this table. Hence, the lesson too that our dear sister shared with us. When we introduce something to the table, we've gone into works. And it's very subtle. Very, very subtle. If care is not taken, we dabble into works. And what we're doing is thinking we are helping God. We cannot help him. So why do we need grace aids? Because again, like I said, it is no longer automatic. At creation, it was automatic. Adam and Eve knew no better than to do good. There was nothing else. That's all they knew. Before they were deceived, they knew nothing else but good. Good came automatic to them. After sin was introduced, brethren, it is no longer automatic. If we leave ourselves to chance, chance will chance us. If we leave ourselves to whatever happens, we'll just leave. The devil will choose for us. There has been an altar in our genetic makeup that makes my default setting not to only think good naturally anymore. Because in me now, there are two laws working. How do we live this Christian life? There are two laws working. Paul said it. The law of life in Christ Jesus. The law of sin and death. If we leave ourselves to chance, the law of sin and death will take over. 
So we saw Titus 2, 11 to 13. Now there's another one I want to introduce real quickly because this is the foundation of how can we successfully live this Christian life capturing what grace has already provided. Remember, grace has already done it. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2. So I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let's stop there before going. Until you and I, after we believe, present our bodies unto the Lord daily as a living sacrifice, it will not be holy, it will not be acceptable unto God. Hence, we are not rendering a reasonable service. The word of God explains itself. So when I first believe and I jump to working for God, I need to understand that there's a place that I have to daily submit myself under the hands of the Lord. And he said, do not be conformed to this world, verse 2. But be transformed by the renewing, continual renewing of your mind. It's only then that we can prove or approve that which is good. That which is acceptable. And that which is perfect will of God. If I am not daily transformed again, it's not a Sunday, Sunday medicine. How do I live this successful Christian life, capturing the essence of grace? I have to daily present my body as a living sacrifice. So how do we do this? Daddy wrote again, the necessity of faith and Christian living. I call it a grace aid. Faith is a grace aid. The necessity of faith and Christian living. Daddy wrote, faith is not a matter of do's and don'ts. So if faith is not a matter of do's and don'ts, what is faith? Now he wrote, a Christian is not justified and saved by anything he or she does or will do. However, a Christian is justified by placing their faith in Christ's finished work of suffering, death, and resurrection. This is how a Christian lives out his life, his or her life. A Christian also receives and enjoys everything that the grace of God has made available by what? Only by faith. Only by faith. So how do we attain this? How do we get this? How do we receive this? If, if walking in this grace is no longer automatic, if walking and claiming these promises is no longer automatic to man, and we need faith to access it, how do we get it? It is only by dwelling and dwelling and dwelling in the word. 
daily dwelling. On March 3, at 12.20 um, p.m. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, I mean, I'm supposed to do this now. The Bible says if a servant or, 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 or a student is well taught, they will be just like. If I'm being like somebody else feeding in here, then um, I may be here, but I'm not here. So I should be. I received this. And he says, the greatest tragedy and downfall to living a successful Christian life is identity. Lack of knowledge of who you are. Let's, let's think about that. The greatest tragedy is identity. If we go down to it, what did the, the serpent trick Adam and Eve with? You will be just like. So if I don't know who I am, someone will tell me I will be like what I already am. It's identity. When I start running Elta Skelta, it's because I don't know who I am. I may profess that I know God has done it, but in works, I deny it. Yeah. There will be times of trials, tribulations. There will be sickness. If I don't know who I am, I will be begging God for what he has already delivered. Yeah, see, my condition does not determine my position. Because I am sick in my body doesn't mean that I don't have health. He has delivered it. I am the owner. Satan has come to steal it. So what I have to stand is my identity in ownership of what the Lord has already delivered. May not have much in my bank account. Does that mean that he's coming to be poor so that through his poverty I may be rich his lie in my life? No. The condition is different from your position. So when that condition comes, the identity of a believer, I still maintain it. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is standing in spite of fear. Fear, when it's tolerated, condition, when it's tolerated, is faith contaminated. So God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. This is Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 in the message translation. So again, how does faith relate to me walking in my identity of being a successful Christian? I need to understand what faith is not. Faith has no room for legalism. 
faith has no room for legalism. See, when I got to this point that daddy wrote, I'm, I'm quoting daddy. I'm adding a few things, but quoting him here. So when I got to this, I went to what, what exactly is legalism? Because sometimes we hear things in church and we say, mm -hmm, but we may not know the actual meaning of this. So what is legalism? It says excessive adherence to law or formula. Now in theology, listen to what it says legalism is. It says dependence on moral law rather than on personal religious faith. See, it says when I stress obedience apart from faith, you produce legalism. Do we see how subtle that is? When I stress obedience, you must do. You have to. You have to. You have to obey. You have to. If care is not taken, we switch to works. So it is important to note this. By doing good works or by obeying the law, a person earns and merits salvation. Is that what faith is? By doing good works. No, it's not. Why did Jesus, why did the Bible say it was full of grace and truth? Because it was grace and truth personified. Jesus did good. When about the Bible says doing good. Again, we're reminding ourselves on steps. How do I capture grace while walking in this Christian journey? How do you walk in this grace as believers? The Bible says Jesus, full of grace and truth. But he went about doing good. Why will he be able to do that? Because he himself is good. And because he's good, he was about and he goes about doing good. You are not a good person because you do good. You are a good person or you do good because you are a good person. Does that make sense? There are lots of people that do good works out there. But does that mean they're good people? The Bible says by their fruits, we shall know them. You are not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. It's deeper than that. So when I go into certain works of the flesh, I need to examine myself. Is this in me? Or the chance bring this out? Because if it's in me, I haven't dealt with it. I have to deal with it. I have to deal with it. See, Jesus said it like this. In John 8, 44, John 8, 44. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resource. Now, the lie that we speak is it from our own resource, but yet a believer. So Jesus is saying, oh, he lies because he is a liar. So from that resource of being a liar, he lies. 
But who are you? Who am I? Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand. Created in Christ Jesus. It was the foundation of us being in Christ Jesus that we can proceed to doing good works. How can you walk this Christian journey, capturing the amazing grace that the Lord has done? So as believers walking this journey of grace, headed by faith, my life now becomes what Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer high who live but Christ lives in me now the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me how do I live this Christian life it is no longer high that live I don't have a right of myself to defend anymore. It is the life of Christ. Does that come automatic? No, it doesn't. We have men of God here that the Lord has given unto us to follow. Ask them. Sometimes we pray to God, oh, we want to be where they are. Okay. Can we pay the price that they are paying? It does not come automatic anymore. We have to yearn for it. We have to thirst for it. But we have a good news in the Lord. For those who thirst after salvation and after righteousness, the Bible says we will be filled if we thirst after righteousness. Praise God. Praise God. The life of faith, what does it look like? Again, practical ways of living this grace life, this Christian life. What does it look like? The life of faith. Because remember in that Galatians, it says, the life that I now live, I live by faith. What does it look like? Hear this. It is important to note that my faith or any type of faith is at the mercy of what I hear, what I see, and what I expose myself to. Faith, whatever it is, is at the mercy of what I hear, what I see, what I expose myself to. In other words, what takes my attention gets my faith. Brothers, sisters, what do you daily listen to? That's what gets your faith. What do you daily watch? That's where your faith gravitates to. Why? Because faith only comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. But not just the word of God. If I daily expose myself to rubbish, that's what feeds me. How do I walk 
this journey. It is by listening to the word that feeds my soul, enriches my soul through Christ Jesus. So how to receive grace unto salvation and leave it out? There is a quote here from the book by Arthur W. Pink. Arthur W. Pink. He says, grace can neither be bought, earned, or won by the creature. If it could be, it would cease to be grace. Again, I cannot buy it. I cannot work for it. I can only receive it. What does it look like? I can go to work and work so many hours and come home, actually come to church and give my elder, elder additional, say, God bless you, and give my elder a nice suit. And my elder may be like, ah, this looks good, but my brother, I can't receive it from you. Because I don't like taking things, I, I need to work for it myself. Do we know that's what some of us are doing to grace? Jesus paid his blood for it. It's a blood price. But instead of receiving it, we want to work for it. One of our life missions of our dear pastor is to liberate the body of Christ from ignorance. Ignorance is a robber. It will rob us of what has been freely given to us. There's a difference between being arrogant and knowing. When you know, you are not moved. Things will come, but you are not moved because you know that something has been proven and tested and has succeeded. There's a difference. When you know what has been freely given to you, then I am not begging my father for what he has already done. I am taking my place of a son, of a daughter, like we sang this morning, daddy, daddy. Daddy, this is what you have done, and based on that, I am standing. Yes, Satan has come to steal my health. That's what he does, and he does it real good. Knows only how to do it, steal, kill, and destroy. But my place, even though I'm being tormented in my body, how do I live this successive Christian life? Capturing what grace has done is by knowing my position, again, identity, knowing who he has called me to be in spite of things happening around me. Is it easy? No, not really, because the world around you are running the same way. But whoever dares to stand on the word, God said, I'm looking, I'm watching, just looking for a man that will stand on this word. Who will dare to stand on the word that the Lord has spoken? Practically walking in this amazing grace. So we have fundamentals real quickly. Fundamental things to be aware of. Again, continuing in the book. Fundamental things to be aware of. Number one, knowing all that God's grace in Christ Jesus offers. How do I know that? Only through the book. For when you know the truth, 
the truth will set you free. Believing and behaving, I like that. Believing and behaving the word of grace and truth as it is in Jesus. We can believe, but we may not behave. We can profess, but we will not do. But remember what the Bible says. We just don't want to be hearers of the word. It says deceiving ourselves. But we want to be hearers. Why do we have so much doubts? Why do we have so much, so much trouble, so much infighting in the body of Christ? It's because we hear a lot but do little. So if care is not taken, the men of God will be confused. Thank God they are not. As to who exactly is a Christian these days. Because we are all seated here. Thank God for us. But when we go out there, it's, it's, it's like we have another quote. And we say things that should not be heard among believers. How do we walk this Christian walk? Abiding in the truth and receiving daily from the well of salvation. Number four, taking possession of and leaving out all that's available and possible for us in and with God. Daddy wrote about grace and sin. Grace and sin. This is something that... <laughs> A lot of us that are out there working, you see a lot and you hear a lot. Is grace a license to sin? It's a question. It's grace a license to sin. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? How shall we? So we can say this every single day, but the bottom line is when we leave the church, who are you? When I leave the church, who am I? What do I feed on? What do I feed on? If I feed on the word, my progressing will be made known to all men. Just like Paul advised Timothy. If I don't feed on the word, it will be made known to all men. We have confused grace as being a license for sin. I, be I believe it was almost six years ago, someone at um, a work that I do um, came to me and was like, okay, I need to ask you a question. And, and she said, what is the essence of Christ dying for us if I can no longer practice these things, homosexuality? And she opened the Bible to me saying that, but Christ has died. So why are we saying that you shouldn't do this anymore? 
that's the belief out there. He has died, he has paid for it, so I'm free. Another professing believer about three years ago at work, professing believer, said to me about grace. I think you take it too seriously. Yeah, grace, we don't understand grace the way God does. I'm like, I agree with that point. I don't. And, and he said something. So you mean that with the life that I've been living as a Christian, if I steal something now and I go out and I die without confessing, God will not look at the works that I've done before. Thank God we're, we're a Bible-believing church. I see a lot of us saying, wow, wow, wow. But that's the thoughts out there. I asked, did you confess first, though, before maybe the car struck you? No, I didn't confess. I was taking it, and I'm going home. And he said something. My stepbrother, as we round up, my stepbrother was a young man. He was in depression and he shot himself. So are you saying God is just heartless and we just throw him in hell? I want to be careful with that because I want to empathize but at the same time tell the truth. Because if someone killed himself and has gotten you to where you are today, I don't want to just be emotionless and be like, yeah, it's hell straight because you, you took a life. So I wanted to empathize. Wow. That's what happened? Yeah. Wow. He went through that, man. I'm, it must be a tough time. But my brother, what does the Bible say? The Bible, did you give your life to yourself? No, you cannot take it. I'm not God, but I'm just going by what the Bible says. Oh, Brother K, I think you, you're taking this grace too far. That's not what grace is. How are you interpreting grace in this work? How am I interpreting grace in this work? For me to daily know what has been given to me, I have to daily feed on this word. The word is the revealer of the heart of God. Not only does it reveal the heart of God to you, walk in this Christian journey, it reveals who you are to you. It reveals who you are to you. It is a matter of identity. If the son of a king starts walking like a pauper, it is identity crisis. So as Christians, how are, me, how are we walking? How are we walking this journey? Are we begging God for what he has already delivered to us? God in his mercy, when we first believe, may answer us. But as we progressively know him, there are certain things that may not answer anymore. Why? Because you should know your father. I should know my father. Let's rise up. See, the children of Israel in that journey through the wilderness, they did so many things. Moses intervened, interceded, and God listened. 
But there was a time when Moses did something and God was like, okay, no. The closer we heard it, we are to God. There are certain things that he does not excuse us anymore with. So how do I walk this Christian journey? It is by daily dwelling in the book of the law. For this book of the law shall not depart from your lips. You will meditate on it day and night. And you will be careful not just to meditate, to observe and to do. Careful to observe what is written in it. Only then will you make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Are there challenges in this Christian walk every single minute? But how can we navigate through challenges by daily feasting in this ever proceeding word of the Lord? So are we here listening? Are we here today listening to the word? Let's capture this amazing grace. For the next two minutes, we'll hear this. For the next two minutes. Hallelujah. Amazing grace. There's nothing we can do outside of this grace. In this journey, it's only by His grace. left behind is only by his grace it will provide it's Christ in us that's our cornerstone we will only go forth in grace hallelujah in evangelism every soul every heart we hope to teach everywhere we share his word it is only by his grace how do we walk this journey
every tear we wipe away. Every sorrow turned to praise, it is only by His grace. So grace alone. Strength untold. It will provide. Christ in us. Christ in us, our cornerstone. We can only go forth. Brethren, we are not adding anything to it. Every walk after redemption, it is grace. You want to evangelize, it is through grace. You want to walk this journey, it is through grace. Is anyone here that does not know this Father of grace? We may hear of him, but he may not know us. Just say, Lord Almighty, I run to you, gracious Father. You are my daddy from today. You are my helper from today. Are we here walking this Christian journey but having works to it? Let's say, Lord Almighty, I yield to you. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. I have not known you as I ought to. Oh, Daddy, from today I reconsider, Lord Almighty, and I rededicate my life to knowing you. That your word will dwell in me richly every single day. The truth of your word will be seen in me. How do I walk this journey? It is by fellowshipping with like-minded believers. Having mentors of righteousness. Not running away from the rebuke of righteousness. The journey is tough, but he has given us a way to do it. If we do not know anything, know this. Your condition does not determine your position. Stand in the identity that the Lord has called you. And from that, challenge everything that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is our victory. This is our victory. This is our victory. Thank you, El Shaddai God. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're in the Washington, D.C. region, visit in person at our address. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us in our social media. God bless you.